Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He may be opinionated, but he never jumps to conclusions. This is The Roy Green Show. The history is President Trump has done lots of tweets about me and I've done very few in response. And President Trump has done many, many interviews talking about me. And when I'm asked questions about President Trump, I try not to respond. I try to be the bigger man. Paris, Nice, Brussels, Berlin, cities in America all suffered terror attacks. And it's for President Trump to explain why he singled me as the mayor of London out and not the mayors of other cities and leaders of other cities. There's the uh, mayor of London speaking about uh, President Trump. Well, tomorrow we're going to be speaking with uh, Gerard Batten, who is the London representative for the UKIP, uh, the political party that started the Brexit movement. Gerard Batten is also a member of the European Parliament. He's going to be with us, and uh, we're going to be speaking about the migration policies that are taking place in some European countries, which is what the mayor of London was referencing as well, because Donald Trump's been on him on that. And uh, in Denmark, they've initiated a new law in which they say they're going to do away with what they officially uh, describe as ghettos. So we'll get into all of that tomorrow. I also saw a story here today, just now. I read it in more detail. I saw some headlines a little earlier, but... um, The minister for Saskatchewan, I'm just reading from the Globe and Mail, the minister for Saskatchewan's Crown Investments Corporation says a beheading on a Greyhound bus in Manitoba 10 years ago was the tipping point for bus ridership in his province. You know that uh, Greyhound is uh, ending its service in Western Canada. Joe Hargrave says ridership on what was the government-owned Saskatchewan transportation company dropped like a rock after that. And that was when Vincent Lee, who is now Will Baker who's been freed and is walking around completely uh, um, without any record of any kind, any criminal record of any kind, beheaded and cannibalized his fellow passenger, Tim McLean, on that uh, Greyhound bus July 30th, 2008. And uh, Carol Dedelli, Tim McLean's mother, has been a guest on this program many times. And Carol has gone through so much. She's gone through such a horrific reality. And uh, far too frequently in Canada, the uh, medical and the political voices didn't have enough time for Carol Dedelli, mum's concerns and very eloquent, eloquent calls for proper justice were not followed. But uh, Will Baker, he's perfectly free uh, to go wherever he wants. He has no criminal record, even though he did what he did. It is time for Beauties and the Beast. Two of the beauties today, one of the beasts. Well, it's only usually only one, right? Let me see. Yeah. Yeah, I have some personality disorders, but I don't <laughs> think there's a second one lurking now. Linda Leatherdale, the former money editor of the Toronto Sun, vice president of Cambria, Canada. Catherine Swift, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, now working Canadians.ca. Michelle Simpson is uh, involved and engaged in a golf tournament for a hospice that she works at or works for and works to help. And um, that's a tremendous effort, although the weather's not necessarily the best in this part of Ontario. 
Uh, how are you, beauties? We're great, Roy. Indeed. <laughs> well, I'm so happy. <laughs> but we can be kind of beastly, too, let's face well, it. Well, I know you, know, you can. need it. Sometimes there's more than one beast. <laughs> I That's right. I have personality problems. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to talk to you about the Bank of Canada announcing an increase in interest rates. And I know that that kind of an announcement gets everybody's attention. And there's that immediate visceral reaction. This is, how's this going to affect me? How much of a problem could this be for me? No, I better close my ears and close my eyes and try to make, try to pretend this isn't really going on and it's not going to be enough to really cause me a problem. But it is happening. And given that we owe $1.68 for every dollar that comes in, this is the Canadian average, um, Catherine, how much of an interest spike begins to create significant difficulties for people? Well, that, that, that is the question. Uh, and, and there's, of course, no perfect answer because there's, you know, the, the old joke about how many economists does it take to change a light bulb. Just one to change the bulb, but 999 to keep everything else constant. Uh, because what we've, what we've got right now is a lot of uncertainties out there in our economy. We have the big question of the U.S. and trade, which is a massive amount of our economy. We have the global economy slowing down, which naturally affects Canada as well. Uh, and heavily indebted, as, as you mentioned, right? heavily indebted both consumers and governments. So we, we, we're carrying an awful lot of debt in this country. In fact, some, some uh, analyses have said we're leading in the world in terms of our personal indebtedness. So um, I, I don't think the most recent increase is, is sufficient. But I think if, it, I think if we see, and, 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 and the Bank of Canada governor, he's been very, very cautious. This, this increase was, you know, has been discussed for months now that it was going to happen, going to happen, going to happen, and it didn't. So he has been very cautious, and I think deservedly so, considering you know the kind of fractious and um, difficult environment that we are in. But you know, I look at the value of the Canadian dollar too, because if interest rates and the dollar are very, very intertwined, and naturally, what happens to the dollar affects our economy as well. And it's cruising kind of low right now, you know, our dollar. And I, I think that was one of the motivating factors that that uh, got him to bump up. Uh, you know, to bump up interest rates. Granted, not not by a great deal this time, but it, it's. I, I don't think it's going to take that much because I think we are teetering on a precipice. The question is, do a lot of things happen at once? Do we see, say, another bump in interest rates of half a percentage point, to, for the sake of argument, plus a slowing economy, a worsening labor market, more problems with U- U.S. trade? You know, all of those things piling on together could be a very a very difficult situation. So if you have uh, the hypothetical but average Canadian family, which is carrying a fairly significant amount of debt, there's the mortgage, which is not included, as I understand it, in that $1.68 of, uh, of debt for every dollar coming in. Am I right about that? No, the mortgage debt is included, but it's considered good debt. But anyway... Okay, so so if you have the housing market slowing down mm-hmm. and the value of your home not climbing as it did while you were using it, as you like to say, Linda, like a like a bank machine, and going out and you know getting loans on the equity of your home and getting you know a nice car for you, a nice car for somebody else in the family, plus you want the forty foot boat and you want this and that and the other and you blow through your equity or a significant percentage of your equity, 
what is that? Plus, you have other debts. You have other obligations. You've got kids to put through school. Um, what does that do to that family's dynamic? Well, first of all, on your show, Roy, we have warned people, you know, get your household uh, balance sheet in line because we knew that this was eventually going to happen. And, of course, the Bank of Canada rate went from 1.25% to 1.5%. And right off the bat, the banks hiked the prime lending rate from 35 to 3.7%. And I just want to add, the banks did not hike savings rates, GIC rates, or anybody who's a saver. You, you don't get it. But the guy, here's who I'm worried about, Roy. It's that person that you just described that has taken on all this debt and are living paycheck to paycheck, and we hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. This could conceivably push some families over the edge. For example, let's say you had a 400000 mortgage amortized over 25 years at a variable mortgage rates. Your interest payments could rise by 600 per year. But it's other things as well, the high gas prices, the hydro prices, on and on and on it goes. So I am worried um, that there are a lot of vulnerable families that are out there, and what I'm hearing is we're going to have at least another two rate hikes coming up. And so everybody, heed the warning. Get your debt under control. And you know those people, uh, Catherine, who Linda points to, who suddenly find themselves uh, worried and find themselves looking at numbers they don't like, a year ago, that was the furthest thing from their minds. Their homes were uh, appreciating dramatically. They felt like they had uh, the world by the tail. And so they did what they were urged to do, and it was it went, happened time and again. Go out and stimulate the economy. Go and buy stuff. Yeah, buy stuff if you can afford it because you want to stimulate the economy. But when this starts to happen, when the interest rates start to climb, there's also something you've talked about, Catherine, many times, and that is the, the, the emotional stability that people have. So maybe this, this interest rate hike doesn't uh, actually uh, affect people, family, dramatically, but it may affect their emotional stability, and it may it will affect their plans. Well, it, and frankly, it should, uh, because things have been cruising along. We have seen very high in things like, you know, housing values, obviously, um, and most people in Canada, the home ownership rate's about 60, it's actually close to 70%. So that's, you know, that's a good chunk of the population that owns their own home and therefore, you know, has been experiencing some, you know, the, the feeling of wealth, <laughs> whether or not it was, it's going to be enduring or not. So I, absolutely true. But, but, of course, we know human nature. And usually, like, say you've got a mortgage. Now, Linda mentioned variable mortgage. But say you've got a fixed mortgage. You think, oh, I'm okay. My, you know, I've, I've got my rate fixed for the moment. My mortgage doesn't come up for renewal in another, you know, couple of years or something like that, so I'm okay for now. But uh, there's no question which way the trend's going. I think that's that's what's important for people to realize. They're not going down rates; they're going up. And uh, for the next little while, there's there's a number of worrisome signs internationally in terms of the economy and and so on. Um, I can't believe that we're going to see continued robust economic growth for the next few years. In fact, we could see a recession. And that's when the rubber hits the road. That's when the person who even thinks, well, I'm okay for now, suddenly you're not okay anymore because a few of those indicators have turned negative quite quickly. And we're not maximizing our national economic potential. Well, no. no. Well, right now we're, cruis we're cruising on debt. 
in, in all of the different areas, where, where whether it's individuals, governments. I mean, the, yep. the indebtedness of governments. We see, you know, the, the billions and billions of dollars that are spent every single month by governments just servicing existing debt. That goes up naturally when interest rates go up. Governments are, are not exempt from that. And that means money that doesn't go to those public services, health care, education, et cetera, et cetera, that we would like to see it go to. So, no, no, we're, we're, we're vulnerable. We're, we're definitely very vulnerable in Canada. Mm-hmm. We've, been talking, you know, we've been talking about it for quite a while now, and it seems that things are starting to bite. Yeah. And I don't see government's concern, though. Unfortunately, they seem to believe we taxpayers have endlessly deep pockets, but we don't. It was ever thus, but Frank McKenna, Linda, the uh, deputy chair of the TD Bank, told us uh, on this program not long ago that we've lost $117 billion over an eight-year period, I think it was. could be 10 years. I think it was eight years. Uh, money, money that we've lost to the Canadian economy uh, because of the discount at which we sell our Canadian oil to the United States, and we have no choice because we can't get our oil to our uh, to our uh, uh, to harbors and ship it internationally. It's you know we, instead we bring in seven hundred thousand barrels a day so that the eastern refineries have something to do. It's crazy. It, it, this is a travesty. When we count the wealth of this country, Roy, we include our natural resources. We are so lucky. It's not just oil, it's water. There's so many great things. And I remember not that long ago, some economists around the world were rapping Canada, well, you're always relying on your natural resources. You've got to whatever. Come on. Oil, this, this <laughs> what do they call it, Texan tea, gold, um, we should be getting it there. And Canadians right now should be so angry at these high gas prices. This is ridiculous. Well, you know, the, if we can't get our oil to our international yep. clients yep. or potential international clients, it's only going to hurt one group of people, and that's us. It's us. And that's we're the, us. And we're taxed at the gas pumps and a tax on tax. And it's not, it's not going to upset the Tides Foundation. And I saw an interesting photograph. I've got to take a break here. But I saw an interesting photograph on Twitter a couple of days ago. And it showed what looked like a, a, a sort of an intersection, if you will, of pipelines in California. It looked like maybe there were six pipelines and they were at various angles. It looked like they were intersecting. Anyhow, there wasn't, as they pointed out on the Twitter feed, there wasn't one protester. There wasn't one complainer. There wasn't one person there who was screaming about pipelines. Everything was just perfectly fine and there were no problems and there was no opposition to the pipelines. Talk about getting the Trans Mountain finished. Talk about the uh, uh, building another pipeline in Canada or, or Energy East, getting that to the to the East Coast, and all hell breaks loose. Why? Because it's us, and because the Americans like the like it the way they have it. Let me take a break. We'll come back with Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale. Have some more questions and some more points to make about the rising interest rates. Don't go away. Looking for the truth and not worried about rattling some cages to get at it. This is the Roy Green Show. Follow me on Twitter. It's at the Roy Green Show. At the Roy Green Show. And uh, yeah, we'd love to engage with you on Twitter, and uh, also on the webpage RoyGreenShow.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast and uh, get that on a regular basis, and also reply to my uh, posts. Most recent posts had to do with Donald Trump. Back to Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale. 
at Linda Leatherdale on uh, Twitter, and it's Swifty01, right? Correct. I-E. With an I-E, yeah. With an I-E. The Y was already taken. <laughs> Isn't that annoying? It's like trying to get a personalized well, license plate, right? how many people are on Twitter or whatever. It's not I really know, surprising. I know. It's kind of like, again, it's like the personalized license plate, so I just kind of make believe that mine is personalized. It doesn't, exactly. make any, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> hey, here's a tweet. I had uh, Premier uh, Mo Scott on the program a little earlier. And uh, Scott Moore, right? I know I, I know he's going to do it. They, they're laughing at me in the studio because I keep saying, I'm, I'm one day I'm going to say Mo Scott. And I just did. I had Premier Sco- Scott Moe on from Saskatchewan. And we were talking about a whole bunch of different things, including the contretemps yesterday or the immigration issue. Yeah. And, uh, and I said to him, I just I was in Saskatchewan last year as part of my cross Canada trip and uh, I really enjoyed it. It's the second time in Saskatchewan. I really enjoyed it. So I said, listening to him, I thought I said, you know, I'm going to actually seriously think about moving to Saskatchewan. So here's a here's a tweet from at Packerman uh, at the Roy Green Show. Yes, please move to Saskatchewan. We'd love to have you. Thank you, at Packerman. You know what I expected to read? Yes, please move to Saskatchewan. We'd love to get rid of you. <laughs> but that's very nice. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Roy, we don't want you to move to Saskatchewan. No. We, we want you to stay right here. Well, the bidding starts now. Okay, so uh, explain this to me. Let's go back to the interest rates in the minute and a half we have left. What makes a spike in interest rates really necessary? Is it deflation? Is it inflation? What is it? Well, the the the, the thing that all central banks worry about and justifiably so is inflation so uh there has been there have been some upticks in inflation but you have to look at why as well when you see things like carbon taxes for example suddenly that's going to bump inflation it doesn't really it doesn't really change your underlying so-called economic fundamentals but Mm -hmm. nevertheless it it translates into an increase in inflation so it's important to also look at why inflation is going up but i I think uh, personally i think that plus the canadian dollar starting to trend lower um, which obviously has implications for imports, exports, and so on. I think those were the motivating factors that um, that you know created this interest rate increase. And also, our economy, you know, our economy for a whole bunch of different reasons, uh, it's slowing down. But we still see relatively low unemployment rates and and whatnot. So the economy is operating probably pretty close to capacity right now, which is another reason to contemplate the interest rate increase. Okay. But they can they can be a very blunt instrument and have a very very negative effect quickly. And Linda, as we wrap things up, you've been saying and you said it again today: get rid of your debt. Get rid of your debt. Take control. And I'm kind of angry that it's higher gas prices and electricity prices that are pushing up inflation, and then these poor people who have debt are getting whacked with higher interest rates. We got to rethink the whole thing. I, I think you're right. Well, I really do. I really, I really believe you're right. That's when we yeah. do what they very much signal they seem to want us to okay, do. Okay, and the first thing that has to happen is all debt is forgiven. <laughs> Whoa, that's going to cost us. <laughs> well, that, that, that won't just an idea. Well people that are owed just, money. <laughs> just an idea. <laughs> thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Catherine. Hey, thank you, Roy. Thank you, Roy. For Catch the you next week. Show in Canada. Oh, maybe you're in too the world. Nice. Beastly as it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Swift and Linda Leatherdale. We'll be back right after this.